Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Thursday, November 7th, and it is game day for the Vegas Golden Knights. They will be taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight at 4 p.m. in the continuation of this four-game road trip at Scotiabank Arena, which will always be Air Canada Center to me. Gosh darn it. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster. Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SP Nation's Nights on Ice, and uh, kind of a bit of a loaded episode today. I figured we'd uh, kind of switch things up a little bit. We're gonna we're obviously gonna take a look at the game tonight, and then we'll uh, take a look at the Pacific Division because I feel like we can't go more than a week now without talking about the Pacific Division and how crowded it is. So we will touch on that. And I'll slightly touch on uh, the big matchup of the night from Wednesday between the Blues and the Oilers. I do have a few thoughts on the uh, Defending Cup champions. But before we get to all of that, uh, usual call to action before we get underway. Uh, If this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, I welcome you. And I'm pretty sure all the people who have heard me say this for about 55 times now also welcome you. Uh, We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are more than likely on there. Uh, So please make sure to download, subscribe, and all of that jazz. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review and a rating. Uh, Any bit of that is uh, well appreciated. And whether the comments be good, bad, indifferent, whatever the case may be, uh, they are all tailored to making this podcast better, making me a better host, and all of that good jazz. So all of that is greatly appreciated. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, because, you know, in the year 2019, who doesn't love a good email? Uh, send an email to LockdownGoldenKnights at Gmail. So this will be the first of two meetings within 12 days between the Golden Knights and the Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto will be in Vegas on the 19th. Uh, But for Vegas, more of an important game this time around because, for one thing, they have not beaten Toronto. This will be the third try in Toronto. Vegas is, I believe, overall, they would be 1-3 all time against the Maple Leafs. They have not won in Toronto to this point, the Maple Leafs come in to this game at 3-2-2 two two in their past seven, but they're coming off a 3-1 win at home against the Los Angeles Kings the other day, to which Coach Mike Babcock called it a beautiful win. Uh, I'd say wins are common against the Kings. I really wouldn't call a win against the Kings beautiful at this current landscape of the NHL, but I digress. If you need any bit of extra motivation, the extra oomph, If you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, a beautiful win against the Los Angeles Kings will definitely do that for you. Uh, For the Golden Knights, uh, obviously, as we touched up on earlier, this is the second game of a four-game road trip. The Golden Knights will look to uh, build off of their 2-1 victory at Columbus on Tuesday. And hopefully, as indicated on Wednesday's news, that there might be some reinforcements on the way, as it could be uh, a quick return for Alex Tuck to the lineup as the Golden Knights reassigned uh, Nicholas Waugh and Nick Haig back to AHL Chicago, playing the salary cap game, this, that, and the other thing. Um, So it does appear 
barring any uh, drastic measures, that Alex Tuck will return to the lineup after missing Tuesday's game with an upper body injury. Thank God it was not a concussion, so it doesn't appear to be that way. But uh, 89 does appear to be back in the lineup. At, At the time of this recording, it is not confirmed. But given the fact that they went ahead and reassigned Nicholas Squared, I do want to believe that Tuck will be back in the lineup. So uh, here is the projected lineup. I, I, I would not expect anything different from Tuesday. And if that would be the case, I would expect Nick Haig to be back in the lineup prior to the game uh, tonight. So here's the lineup. Uh, Carlson centering with uh, Marcia Solon Smith. Stasny centering with Stone and Pacioretty. Uh, I'm going to throw out Eakin centering with Tuck and Glass. I do think Tuck will be back in. Again, not confirmed, but I feel like they would not reassign those guys if it weren't all that conclusive. And then Tomas Nosek returns to the fourth line with Carrier and Reeves. And defense pairings, I'm going to expect them to be the same. Uh, McNabb, Schmidt, Merrill, Holden. And if Haig does come back to the lineup, I will say Haig and Theodore as the third pairing for the second consecutive game, which is still very weird, but you know what? It worked. It worked on Tuesday. And I would also expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be in the lineup for the Golden Knights, uh, going for his 10th win of the season, should he get the start tonight. Uh, For Toronto, obviously the big news from a couple days ago is that John Tavares is back in the lineup. He did make his return on Tuesday against the Kings. Uh, the captain of the Maple Leafs is back and fully healthy after missing a good number of uh, good number of games with a broken finger. Now I've only broken my ankle in my lifetime. I've broken it twice. My bro- I've broken my ro- my right ankle twice. I've never broken a finger. I can only imagine. You would think breaking a finger would have to be worse than breaking an ankle, right? I mean, yeah, you're on crutches, but I mean, you can't, if it's your dominant hand, you can't write, you can't type, you can't throw a football, you can't, you can't hold a hockey stick. Can't imagine that that would be very much fun. But in any event, John Tavares is back in the lineup for the Maple Leafs and their lineup is looking like this. Uh, Good old Austin Matthews centering with Johnson and Nylander. Tavares centering with Moore and Marner, Kerfoot centering with Mikheyev and Kapanen, and then Shore centering with Patan and Gauthier. And then, of course, the defensemen, O'Reilly and Sessi, Muzzin and Barry, Dermont and Hall, with Freddie Anderson in net for Toronto. So this is a big game for Vegas uh, for a multitude of reasons. One, continuing momentum from Tuesday. Can they build off on this and go into the weekend back-to-back against Washington and Detroit with another win under their belt? Can they keep the road trip going in the right direction and keep their foot on the gas? If they can do that against a team that they've never beaten in Toronto, I think that that would be a fantastic start for the Golden Knights, should that be the case. And that that would be probably the signature win of this season for Vegas, if they are able to do that and keep their momentum going on the road as well as they've been one of the best road teams in the league to this point. It's going to be a very fast matchup. Uh, speed on both sides. Uh, Toronto likes to use its speed, especially in the top six. They're very dangerous. They're very fast. Vegas is going to have to counter with that speed, and they're going to have to counter with their defense. And who's going to capitalize the most on their opportunities? 
knowing Toronto and knowing how Vegas likes to give up early goals as of late and give up the first goal. I mean, Tuesday was obviously the, uh, the exception to that, but given the fact that the golden Knights have liked to allow early goals early and often the last number of games, this would be an opportune time for Vegas to kind of play a sound defensive game and kind of take over from there. Uh, they're going to need to rely on flurry again. If, if he is getting the start, I'd be shocked if flurry doesn't play. I think Flurry will get the start on Thursday or on today. I do think he will start on Saturday in Washington, and they'll give Subban the game in Detroit on Sunday. So I do think they're going to need to rely on Flurry again. And if he can have another fantastic game on the road, and he's what five and zero on the road this year, his GAA on the road is ridiculous. If he can have another strong performance, Vegas is going to be in good position to win this game. And if you can win in Toronto, like I said, that is your signature win to this point of this season. Which I know, which I know doesn't say a lot, but considering the fact that Toronto is still a playoff team in the East, and you kind of had to rely on division wins up to this point, if you're the Golden Knights, I could say a, a victory over Toronto would be decent. Uh, so the game is at four o'clock tonight. So again, it's another early start, uh, which means it will be dark by 5.30. By the time the second intermission is going, it will be pitch black, and I will have no idea uh, what in the world is going on in the time-space continuum. But in any event, uh, if you are coming home before the game at 4 o'clock, obviously you are going to need some dinner, and DoorDash can help you by bringing your favorite restaurants to your home. And you listeners can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the DoorDash app and entering the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, by getting $5 off your first order of $15 or more that with DoorDash. So if you really haven't been paying attention to the Pacific Division as of late, I will tell you the same analysis that I have or that I had prior to what I have now. It's still crowded and it might be even more crowded. It is ridiculous how deep the Pacific Division is to this point. Six teams, including the Golden Knights, all at 22 or 19 points. So from 19 points to 22 that is where six of these teams in the Pacific Division are sitting right now. Again, there are only three guaranteed spots in the Pacific and two wild cards. If this keeps up, both wild cards are coming out of the Pacific. It is insane how good this division is as we enter the second week of November. So I just wanted to kind of dive into this and talk about each team Except for Vegas, we already know about Vegas to this point, 9-5-2. They need to string some wins together, get a good winning streak going, blah, 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 blah. But let's look at the rest of the Pacific Division because it is still beyond crowded. And even with how crowded it is, the Edmonton Oilers are still atop the division at 22 points. Dreisaitl and McDavid are still killing it. 51 points, I believe, last I checked, between the two. Uh, They're killing it. They're absolutely dominating right now. The fact that Dreisaitl has more points than McDavid to this point is absurd. Um, But those two are carrying that team. James Neal has kind of quieted down a little bit. Uh, The regression uh, was to the means at some point for the real deal, but he has finally calmed down after scoring uh, 10 goals in two games or whatever the hell it was. 
Um, they're still getting by on goaltending. Mike Smith and uh, Miko Koskinen are still f- doing rather well. Uh, they're getting quality starts out of their goaltending. You know, they're not blowing anybody out of the water, but they're still playing good hockey. But as we touched on earlier, much like the regression of James Neal, uh, the the Oilers have kind of come back to earth a little bit. Uh, after winning seven of their first eight to begin the season, they have lost six of their last nine. And you got to wonder, is this going to be a trend now, especially knowing where they stack among the Western Conference? And obviously, like I mentioned earlier, we will talk about the game tonight between the Blues and the Oilers, kind of give my thoughts uh, on that game a little bit. Um, but Edmonton is still hanging around. They're still there at the top of the division, which is quite frankly a shock to me. Um, but considering how deep this division is, it would not shock me in the least if another team leapfrogged them in the coming days. And I would venture to guess that one of those teams that will leapfrog the Oilers in the coming days, the Couve. The Vancouver Canucks continue to be probably, in my opinion, the biggest surprise in the NHL to this point. The Sabres have finally started to lose. They're, the Sabres are who we thought they were. Uh, rest in peace, Dennis Green. Um, but the but the Vancouver Canucks have, I don't, I'm speechless at what the Canucks have been able to do. 21 points. They're in second place. One off for the Oilers. They're on an eight-game point streak. They're 5-0-3 in their last eight, and they've secured a point in 12 of the last 13. This is the hottest team in hockey right now. Now, I, I know the Islanders have won 10 in a row, but right now the Canucks are... Okay, maybe I'll give it a little bit fair. I'll say the Canucks are the hottest team in the Western Conference because, God forbid, and, you know, a bunch of Islanders fans are listening and... Uh, in listening, listening in the Coliseum, and they you know make a flight out to Vegas and try and beat me up because I talk bad about the Islanders. Uh, but the but the Canucks are man, they are for real. They are they are so so good. Uh, Elias Pettersson is God. Uh, he's leading the team in scoring. JT Miller is becoming probably the best acquisition of the off season. Uh, this past off season, and then Brock Besser as well. Those three are all at over a point per game. And they are just humming along. And if not for the fact that they had a complete letdown against St. Louis in overtime the other night, we'd be talking about this team in first place in the division right now. They are they are young. They are way ahead of schedule. And I think the scariest part for me when talking about Vancouver, Jacob Markstrom has been their main starter in net. Usually, this, this was projected to be the time where Thatcher Demko would be taking over the reins, and Demko's been fantastic this year. I, I think his records last I checked was like 4-0-1 in five starts. Demko's been fantastic. But the fact that Markstrom has been as good, if not better, is unbelievably scary. If the Canucks can get their goaltending to stay on a consistent pace, and if those top guys can stay healthy... The Canucks are, they're looking way ahead of schedule. I, I thought they would take another two, maybe three years for the Canucks to, you know, climb the ranks of the Pacific Division. They're way ahead of schedule right now. If they can stay healthy and keep this going, and if the goaltending can stay at an even keel, watch out for the Canucks. They, they are scary good. They're going to be fun. I can't wait till they come to Vegas. Like last year, I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're Elias Pettersson, rookie, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, Pedersen's taking it up to another level. And that team is loaded with more scoring talent. And if the goaltending is that good, man, watch out. Watch out for the Canucks. Uh, not that far behind the Canucks are the next few teams on the list. And that starts with the Arizona Coyotes. Now, the Coyotes were expected to be one of those teams to challenge for a top three spot in the Pacific. 20 points, third place. They're about right where they expected. What is helping the Coyotes to this point as they're on a three-game point streak and 4-1-1 one, and one in the last six, the balanced scoring has finally come to Arizona. It was the one thing that was holding the Coyotes back last year. They were so close to making a late charge for a playoff spot. All they needed was some scoring, and they're getting that at the top. Uh, Schmaltz leads with 14, and then Garland, Keller, Goligoski, and Phil Kessel all with 10. The Phil Kessel effect is alive and well in the land of the Kachina. That That is uh, that is some good hockey going on in Arizona. And, not, and that notwithstanding, however, the other big question with Arizona was could their goaltending sustain what they were getting last year from Darcy Kemper? The answer is a resounding yes. Darcy Kemper is putting up Vesna-like numbers. And obviously, we talked. I've talked a lot about Mark Andre Fleury and how he should be deserving of the Vesna if he keeps up this pace, and the Golden Knights win the Pacific. Darcy Kemper has been unreal. Seven three and zero, one point six nine GAA, nice, and a nine forty save percentage. He is carried from last year to what he's doing this year, and it is undoubtedly helping the Coyotes to where they are right now. And if he can keep this up and they can get a little bit more scoring, if they can get a little bit more scoring, maybe add one more guy at the deadline. Maybe if Kessel starts to go on a go on a tear, they're going to be fighting for a spot and they could be fighting for home ice advantage in the first round. Like they, I, I truly believe Arizona has got the pieces. And obviously defensively with OEL, they're still stout. If they can maybe add one more score, or maybe if Kessel and, the, and those guys can go on a tear, Arizona is going to be fighting for home ice advantage in the first round. So do not sleep on the Coyotes at all. Now the Calgary Flames. I'm not sure what to think about Calgary. I'm still kind of... I want to believe in Calgary, but last year it was the goaltending situation and the fact that the top guys just completely fell apart against Colorado. I'm still not sure what I think about Calgary. They're hanging around with 20 points. They're they're a lot like the Golden Knights in that they can't string a win streak together. And, you know, you got the usuals that are great. Kachuk, Lindholm, Monaghan, Gaudreau, Giordano. They're still putting up points. They're still great players. David Riddick has been okay, but he hasn't been exciting. I would still think if Calgary is going to be in the running uh, for a playoff spot, I would expect them to chase a goaltender at the deadline. Um, I I don't know if David Riddick and Cam Talbot is a good enough duo to get you into a playoff spot. I mean, far be it for me to talk about the Pacific Division. If if the two wild cards do come from the Pacific, the Flames are in good shape, right? Because you know the Kings and the Sharks are they're they're dead at this point. I would expect the Flames to go after a goaltender, and I think that. That is what's going to help them with a playoff. If they stick with Riddick and Tal- and it's not like Riddick has been terrible, but he hasn't been great. 
if they stick with Riddick as their starter, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know about Calgary. I, I don't know if they're going to fall off toward the end like they did last year. Um, but obviously they're not off to a great start as much as they were last year. So I'm still on the, I'm still on the fence on Calgary. I'm, I'm not sure what to think about them. And then the ducks who they're also hanging around the, the rebuild in Anaheim has not yet started. They are hung, They're hanging around 19 points and they would be sixth in the Pacific which is pretty damn good considering the current landscape of this division. Um, but first, uh, first and foremost, the most important thing relating to the Ducks, huge shout-out to Disney, and a huge shout-out to Disney+, Plus. if these reports are true, that the Mighty Ducks will be resurrected and brought to, I believe it's going to be a series on Disney+. Plus. If that is the case, shout-out to them, and thank God for that. Disney+, Plus is looking like... My wife and I already already put like a. I think you got to put a deposit down for when it launches. It launches next week. Um, obviously, I won't be excited about Disney Plus until the Obi Wan series comes out. But that, but that's just me. Anyway, back to the Ducks. Uh, goaltending is carrying them again, and it's not even just John Gibson. John Gibson has gotten a lot of starts under his belt. Um, but Ryan Miller's been pretty damn good. The the uh, the Ducks have seven points in eight starts when Ryan Miller uh, has been in net, and this is even considering the fact that Gibson is still at, at this juncture carrying the Ducks like a collective corpse. Two five five GAA, nine twenty three save percentage. But I believe, uh, to my knowledge, I think he's six six and one or six seven and one. He's seen a lot of hockey. He has seen a lot of hockey, um, but the goaltending is carrying them. You know, Silverberg, Getzlav, Henrique, they're doing their part in the scoring department. The goaltending is carrying them, and they're hanging around. I don't know how much longer they're going to be hanging around, but the Ducks are looking pretty good. If they are hanging around for the wild card chase come the deadline, I would expect them to go and find another score. I'm not sure who you could get. Um, but you do got some prospects in the system. You got some young guys who you could possibly think about moving if you're not completely sold on them as your core pieces of the future. Um, I, I like the Ducks. They're a solid team. I just don't know if John Gibson will be alive enough to carry them past the finish line. But in any event, they're they're hanging around. Th- those five teams, along with Vegas, are making this Pacific Division interesting. And it's really, it's been really interesting to watch. And then there's the Sharks and the Kings. Um, still very bad. I, I don't think I need to go into a long, elaborate, uh, thought-out response as to how bad the Kings and the Sharks have been. Um, the Sharks, obviously the biggest shock, considering the fact that you would hope that the decisions that they made would not come back to bite them if you're a Sharks fan. Oh man, they're they're uh they're in trouble. They're they're in trouble. I I don't see them making the playoffs if this keeps up unless they make they're gonna have to make some moves at the deadline. They're gonna have to try and find a goaltender and they're gonna have to find another winger or two. Because right now they're not deep enough. They're getting killed in the goaltending department. They're getting killed defensively. It's not pretty for the Sharks. And for the Kings, they're just the Kings. 
<laughs> I mean, the the Kings are just humming along. Jonathan Quick is God bless Jonathan Quick. Um, it, it's just bad. If you're a Kings or a Sharks fan, it is not a good time for you right now. And all I can say is, if you're a Sharks fan, congrats on the what thirty plus million you spent on three defensemen. And if you're a Kings fan, hang in there. The expansion draft is coming soon. And hope to God you can probably swingle some hope out of Seattle. I don't know. It, it's going to be a long, long, uh, long year or two for the Kings if they don't keep this up. If they keep this up, it, it's just bad for those two. So that's my rundown of the Pacific Division. I, I, I really don't have enough time nor the energy to want to digest what the hell is going on in San Jose and L.A. right now. It, it, it's just absurd. So that Blues-Oilers game yesterday was something, right? Uh, St. Louis won 5-2, to two, and, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But I do feel it is worth talking about because it is the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Jake Allen went into Edmonton and got a win, a 5-2 win for the Blues. How about that? Jake Allen, who, God willing is still hanging around that Blues organization. God bless him for even staying with this long. Um, but the Blues, just when you thought they would be falling off the rails with Vladimir Tarasenko now out until March, maybe April, with the uh, shoulder surgery, the Blues keep going. They keep humming. Six in a row, eight of their last nine that the only loss was that cup final rematch in Boston where the Boston buzzsaw known as David Pasternak and company just ran right through them. I, I don't think the Blues really cared about that game as much as Boston did, so chalk that up to a meh. But eight of their last nine, six in a row, and they're doing this all without Tarasenko. I mean, O'Reilly, you know what you're getting out of him. David Perron is having a career start to his season. Uh, you know, Shen, Petrangelo, Schwartz, they're all carrying the load without Vladimir Tarasenko. And the goaltending continues to be excellent with Jordan Bennington and, again, Jake Allen going into Edmonton tonight and getting a victory. That that was unbelievable. That was probably one of the better performances Jake Allen has had in a while. And it just, the Blues... You forget just how deep they are. You forget how solid they are at all four lines. You forget how deep they are defensively. And when Tarasenko comes back, we're talking a situation where St. Louis could have gone from potential sellers at the deadline to being probably the most dangerous team in the Western Conference, if not the best team in the Western Conference, when Tarasenko comes back. That's your main trade deadline acquisition if he comes back. Um it's just crazy to see what the Blues are doing right now. Craig Berube has been an unbelievable uh, head coach for that team. I think he, I think he just finished his 81st game, and I think the stat I saw with him as head coach, I think it's 107 points out of a possible 160, which is incredible, incredible. And so I think his 82nd game is going to be his next one, and that would be one full season with Craig Berube as the head coach. And the Blues are at like 107, 109 points. It's it's uh, President's Trophy worthy at this point. Um, 
But I will say this in, in talking about the Pacific Division and how crowded it is, and more than likely, it will be uh, six, it'll be five teams coming out of the Pacific in the playoffs if this keeps up. I would not want to be a wild card team in this division going to St. Louis. I'm just throwing that out there because that might be that might be cause for disaster if if you're the second wild card coming out of the west and you got to go to St. Louis and if this buzzsaw keeps up if they stay healthy man watch out the blues are right now the best team in the western conference they you can make the case they might be the best team in the league right now if if it not for Boston um but man St. Louis is good they are so good and if they if Tarasenko comes back in March, and they're fighting for the President's Trophy, it is going to be a nightmare for the Western Conference. With a healthy Tarasenko, with the way these guys are playing right now, oh boy, I, I would not want to be the second wild card going into St. Louis. I would not. So with that said, uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, puck drop tonight between the Golden Knights and the Maple Leafs at 4 o'clock. You can catch it on AT&T Sportsnet, NHL.TV. If you're in Toronto, you can catch it on the 35 different channels that uh, TSN carries or whatever the case may be. Uh, There's probably a way you can find the game tonight. Uh, Golden Knights, Maple Leafs. And again, Golden Knights looking for a big win here. They give them 10 on the year and trying to continue this road trip in a positive direction. And that's really all Golden Knights need at this point. They need some sort of positivity. They need some sort of consistency. A win in Toronto might do that. And if that happens, then they're going to feel pretty good going into Washington on Saturday. So game is at four o'clock tonight. Uh, We will be back Friday talking about that game and, uh, you know, and we'll look ahead to the final two games against Washington and Detroit uh, before we wrap it up for the weekend. So thank you guys for tuning in uh, to Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We will be back tomorrow. And again, if uh, you want to send your feedback or comments, concerns, questions, whatever, um, feel free to leave the review and the rating in Apple Podcast. Feel free to tweet uh, at LockedOnVGK or to me at DannyWebster21 or send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. Again, appreciate all of you for the feedback. Appreciate all of you guys for listening. And uh, thank you for all the support given to this point. It is greatly appreciated. So thank you, guys. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. <laughs>